Eugene Smith. Hey mate, how are you? Good, good, bro. How's things? Yeah, all good. Eh? Just uh, still adapting to that sort of work at home life, but all going well. Have a bit of a break from work today to do this, so that, that's good. Nice. Uh, you find a quiet part of the house to to chill out in for half an hour? Yeah, I'm on my son's bed, on Keone's bed. Um, yes, locked the door. Just had to deal with a bit of a uh, child dispute just before coming on here. So. Uh, <laughs> All fun times of kids being home from school and and uh, yeah, working from home. But yeah, and it's also where the Wi-Fi boxes as well. So nice. just make sure Strong it doesn't segment. cut out and have, have a few issues issue, issues like we've had last time. Indeed. Uh, and on the school thing, bro, how's that working with the kids? Like, are they doing it like online through Zoom or your your um, Stace the teacher? Yeah, it's a struggle to be fair. Um, so Stace, just because I'm pretty busy with work at the moment, um, working from home, so Stace, who's normally a pause um, early childcare educator, she's um, obviously with, with the level that we're at the moment, she can't have kids at home. Um, so mm-hmm. she's taking on the teacher teacher role, um, which, yeah, is a struggle at the time. They're both similar to each other. They're uh, both very stubborn people and sort of, <laughs> there's a few been a few heated, heated disagreements, but no, nah, they're getting on well. We've sort of, had to adapt it and sort of make a few promises that if he sort of does the work in the morning, he can have the afternoon off. So, yeah, bit a bit of to and fro and find a happy medium. Nice, bro. And I understand you've been doing a bit of baking, mate. <laughs> yeah, if you could call it a bit of experimenting. So, I gave Anzac Day, I gave the uh, Anzac Day biscuits a go and um, haven't had a chance to do the punny popo yet, but I will get to it eventually. Uh, yeah, a yeah, bit, of, bit of cooking here and there. Hasn't been too bad. The the uh, yeah results vary. I, I tried to attempted um, homemade KFC as well, but yeah, not not a success. It was a, a massive failure actually. Had to throw yeah. a majority of it away. So yeah, not great. <laughs> not great. You're looking forward to those lines dying down and uh, getting into KFC for some wicked wings, mate. Um, no, well, we'll, we'll get we'll get into it, bro. Uh, quick plug to our sponsor and figured with Eugene Smith on today and him pushing um, uh, the age uh, thing, we, we'll we'll plug our Ryman's Bob Scott Retirement Village. Shout out to those guys. Uh, I know Murray and Les are, are in there. Is there anyone else in there at the moment? Do you know Eugene? Was it just those two? Oh, jeez. I'm pretty sure there's more people in there, but yeah, not that I know of, um, anyway, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, not too sure, actually. Well, good shout out to the residents there. I'm not sure if they're allowed uh, visitors yet, but uh, shout out to the, those people and the old timers down there. Um, today, for everyone listening today on uh, Instagram and Spotify, we've got uh, uh, the legend Eugene Smith in uh, with us today. He's um, formerly of Wano- uh, Wanganui Collegiate. Uh, Patani Rugby, obviously, uh, including 200-plus games, a Jubilee Cup there, a couple of Swindale Shields, um, among other uh, smaller um, trophies and, and victories and stuff. Uh, Wellington Under-19s, Wellington Colts, Wellington Bees, Wellington Māori, um, Wellington Lions, Hawks Bay for a stint up there. Uh, he's the current uh, Wellington Under-19s coach. He's been with them for a few years now. Uh, and he also done a bit of a stint over in Germany. Um, is there anything I missed off there, Age? Nah, nah. Pretty well covered off, mate. 
nice, nice. You've, bro, you've done a bit in rugby, just just reading through that kind of intro there, um, and you still continue to um, stay involved through your coaching. Uh, when you kind of look back at rugby, uh, do, you, do you kind of feel like rugby's been pretty good to you and, and the family and stuff? Yeah, it's been awesome. It's, um, yeah, given me a lot. I, I love, uh, sort of look back quite fondly on sort of my rugby experiences and what it's done what it's done for me and my family. Um, me and I met Stace um, at the rugby club, actually. It was after the uh, 2005 Jubilee Cup final. Actually, uh, met her there. So, oh, mate. She pursued me, mate. You know, championship winning. <laughs> winning dice, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she'll hate this. But, yeah, I, I sort of... She went back to England and she decided to sort of chase me up. She reckons I kept emailing her and then she come over. But, nah, she, she chased me over here and stalked me, mate. So, that's the line that we go with. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so no, rugby, rugby's been awesome. So it gave me awesome opportunities to do a lot of stuff, like not only in New Zealand, but getting a chance to get over to Germany and use that as a way to see a bit of the world and travel around a bit and meet new people. Um, and then, yeah, just, just people mainly has been the, the best thing about it is obviously making some really good close friends, um, such as yourself, mate, um, and others around places. Uh, yeah, rugby's been, been excellent. Nice, bro. Um, I guess uh, just in regards to the footy this year and your coaching journey, uh, you were named uh, Wellington 19s coach, was, which is pretty awesome, bro. I've spoken to you a bit, a bit about it before, but COVID-19 strikes, so a bit challenging. And does that just roll over to next year? Uh, yeah, at this stage. So when Leo Crowley, the uh, Lions coach, gave me a call just to let me know that the New Zealand Rugby Union made the call to can the Jack, uh, Jock Hobbs uh, under-19 tournament. Um, he sort of mentioned that, you know, if there is a, um, obviously if things kick in next year, then there is that um, option for me to roll over to next year. So um, be pretty keen to sort of take that on board and do it again and sort of really step up and hopefully try and, uh, yeah, nail that role for next year. Nice. Was your management team locked in prior to this or was, was that still kind of being confirmed? Uh, yeah, no, I've, I had locked it in. It hadn't been announced yet. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we pretty much uh, had it all, all set in stone and had a, had a chat to them all. So, um, so we had the same managers last year. So Dustin Brattle out of Upper Hutt, he was um, going to be my manager. And then we had um, Paddy, I can't pronounce his last name, Kim Brickos, yeah. um, who's from the Wellington X-Men. So he's going to come jump on as sort of assistant manager. Good then, dude, um, man. A good, yeah, yeah, real good dude out of BCRTO. Um we also had actually he's uh, buys his boss as well, so yeah, so, um, yeah quite good. Get that link there. So if we need a bit Mate, of time, need to get a bit of time can, off from him from work, then I can have a talk to Vice. Yeah, you got to ask, you got to ask him about um, the audio or not audio, um, the coaching course we done. What's that coaching course? The, oh yeah, the, uh, how uh, uh, DRC. Yeah, DRC. You got to ask him how yeah. DRC day two went because we're a bit worse for him. Oh, yeah. Um, no doubt. Um, yeah. Bradley started so, the very... Oh, sorry, you go. Finish off. No, no, go on. No, go on. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, we had, had a couple of coaches as well locked in. So, um, old mate, Dan Frani, um, got him on board as well. Um, really liked the way he coaches, and he obviously coached me um, back in the day. Then I also played played with him as well when he was at Petone. Um, mm. So, got a lot of respect for him, and awesome to bring him on board. And he's done amazing things up at Wainui as well. I mean, coach of the year uh, last year, I think it was, or year before. Yeah. Uh, last year, um, and yeah, from all reports, he's just really developed in his coaching, even more so from when he was at Petone. Um, and then Steve Soyalo uh, from Tawa, who's obviously 
got a pretty good rep sheet as well with his um, achievements he's he's done in not only playing days but also coaching out Tawa as well. Nice. And then, yeah, then we have analysts and trainers and stuff as well, so all all yeah. good. Nice. It's a good management team. Didn't get the text or call there, mm. but yes, yeah, still a good team there. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bradley, yes, yeah, from the beginning, man, uh, you, you grew up in uh, Wanganui. Um, what yep. kind of brought you down to Petone uh, after school? Uh, yeah, so we're a very Petone family. So I was born in Lower Hutt, but then um, moved to well, moved to Taranaki initially and then on to Wanganui when I was four. Um, so that's still classed as home for me. Um, mm. So, yeah, but Dad's obviously got quite a bit of a history with the club. Um, played for them back in the day and... Um, sort of, I didn't. We sort of lost that connection with Petone when we were in Wanganui. Didn't really know too much about them, but I think I spoke about it on that saddle chat a wee while ago. But remember, he used to have this old sort of Petone jersey in his drawers that he used to whip out every now and again. So we sort of knew about it and sort of used to go on about his days of when Wellington won Ranfurly Shield and uh, Huey, guys like Huey and Andy, and that took it back to the rugby club and there was a big booze up and stuff like that. So I knew about it, but I wasn't really that um, aware of the whole history and culture of it too much and it wasn't until my brother older brother Corey went down there in 2000 um, mm. and he obviously started playing down there and then once I decided I was going to go to Wellington as well it was sort of yeah no real choice really so dad said Yo, you'll be playing for Petone so I was like yeah alright then and then yeah so I was 01 Nice and bro I didn't even realise your old man used to play for Petone until some photos surfaced of him uh, in playing kit or something like that I can't remember but yeah it was Buzzed out, um, bro. Your yeah. your first year year at Petone, um, was it the year you made your debut as well? O one. Yeah, it was. So, um, I started off my first few games were for the prems. Um, mm. so yeah, moved down. I sort of wasn't expecting much. I thought I'd play probably Colts or even senior twos and stuff like that. And sort of went my went my way through the grades. Um, obviously Wanganui, even though we're quite proud of it, it's not traditionally a. a sort of high-caliber rugby t- um, yeah. rugby place. And Wanganui Collegiate, while we battled away, um, we didn't beat any top sort of schools or anything like that. So I'd, I just thought I'd make my way through. And I remember one of the trainings, I was training with the senior ones. I was sort of like the Prems had selected their squad and everyone else pretty much just got told to go and do the run around the run the, around the field to warm up and I sort it out. And as we are running around the field, uh, I remember Dion just called me up and goes, oh, you just come over here. So jumped in and started throwing a few lineouts and joining in. And, yeah, it was pretty overwhelming, really. I mean, back then, not a lot of 18-year-olds, especially front rowers, didn't really get cracks into into the Premier team. So going in there and then holding hit shields and got guys like Tank and Jabbo and uh, Gups and guys like Chris Hammond and Roger and that running that year was a pretty, pretty daunting experience. But, yeah, so worked out. Um, my first year, Andy Parsons also come down. He was a hooker from Manawatu, used to captain Manawatu and really experienced hooker. So he come down as well. So he would have been the starting hooker. Um, so that first game, first prem game against the X-Men, um, I was on the bench and he he was uh, starting and I um, got on the last sort of 15 minutes. And then mm-hmm. he got an injury, picked up an injury. So week two, I was starting against West. Um, so I had a couple of starts, but then majority of the season, I, I played uh, senior ones. Or premiers as it is known now. Nice. I know. I know you dropped a couple of names there, but um, were, were there any other guys that you were running around off back then, and kind of or other formidable kind of front rowers? That, cause that that's intimidating coming into a team like that, man. Yeah. Well, just even the club at the time was um, pretty stacked with players. So, like the premiers had uh, Jabo and Tank and 
and Gups, sort of them made front rowers. But then I'm, I, uh, myself and Nemea uh, joined the club the same year. So Naza, myself, uh, Otto Rash. Um, so Otto was there. Um, guys like Tucky and that were still flown around. Um, and who else was there? There's another prop. Oh, Jeremy Emma, a mate of ours from Wanganui that had come down as well, who played yeah. uh, Wanganui representative team. And so that first year was pretty stacked for front rows. Um, mm. So it was pretty, pretty hard sort of cracking it back then. But it was, yeah, also managed to learn quite a lot as well. Bro, unbelievable times there when you bring up all those names, yeah. especially when most of them are playing senior ones and stuff. Um, bro, yeah. for, a, for a player like going through rep footy, like you played under 19s, um, Wellington Bees. Like, are they kind of small checks as you're kind of going through your rugby career? Like, you, you feel like you're heading in the right path making those teams? Yeah, for me, they're sort of huge achievements as I sort of got through. Because as I said before, Wanganui, um, not known as sort of many sort of top-level rugby players coming out of there. Um, mm. Although now they do, like guys like uh, Wasaki Naholo and uh, Stephen Perifito and that have sort of come out of Wanganui, gone straight into sort of super rugby and that. Um, but yeah, it was sort of back then, like I didn't make any sort of, I made like Wanganui representatives teams, but I didn't make any sort of central regions or NZ schools or didn't miss out on the Wellington Rugby Academy and, and all that. So I sort of moved out to Wellington with not much of a rep um, and just sort of everything I had to do, I sort of had to really sort of battle for. So going into under 19, sort of trialing, had to go for the trial and uh, thankfully making those and then sort of, yeah, along the way, sort of having to battle for everything I sort of got in terms of making those teams because going up against guys that are previous NZ schools players or in the Wellington Rugby Academy or being in the Wellington system, it's sort of, mm. yeah, pretty big achievements to be able to sort of crack into that as well. Nice. Um, and just to briefly, I just wanted to touch on your captaincy. Um, you're, you're captain in college and you've kind of been captain throughout your time um, playing footy. Was kind of leadership natural to you or was it... Um, just something that kind of was brought on just by your actions on the field or something, something you hold pretty special, being able to be a captain? Uh, probably because I talk a bit of shit as well. But um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I've been, oh, yeah, I, as far as I can remember, I've been captain. I don't know what it is. It's, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it's a pretty hard one to answer, actually. Um, it's just something I've sort of done. I've always been a, well, I try to think a fairly good team man and, Try and make good decisions and um, try not to get into too much too much trouble. So, I think that sort of uh, helps a bit. Um, being able to communicate and things like that um, obviously helped as well. Um, it definitely won't be my fitness or anything like that because I want to be lean from the front in terms of that. So, if it was based on fitness alone, I definitely wouldn't be captain. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty tricky one actually. It's just something I've sort of always seemed to find myself in. Yeah. Nice. Um, and bro, you make the Lions twice, kind of, kind of twice. So early on, and then again uh, later on in the years, uh, really special times. Kind of being named in, in that squad and stuff. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. Like, um, oh wait, um, was quite a quite a big achievement personally because, um, yeah, I sort of as I said before, I hadn't really gone through any systems in there. I made like Wellington sort of age grade reps and that, but not really much else and we all, I always had seemed to have guys ahead of me um, mm. but then the 08 it sort of had a really good year it was um, Dion was coaching and um, the club itself had a really good year and we were um, putting some really good performances on the field which sort of helps when you sort of go select teams and um, and I just yeah that year I sort of trained quite well and got into a reasonable shape 
Um, and just so happened that, yeah, they selected a squad and my name got announced in that squad for the early start of, uh, of the training. Um, and so I'd done all the pre-season training and played in the sort of pre-season games. But then I actually missed out on the final cut for the squad yeah. in 08. So they sort of said, ah, oh, you know, they were only taking the two hookers, which I think were Dane Coles and Jeb Robertson yeah. at the time. Um, but they said, we want you to keep fit um, just in case there's an injury and you need to come in. So I was going into the see the um, Lions trainer at 6 o'clock every morning um, just to do my sort of extras and fitness. So I was staying on top of it and then I'd shoot off to work and do the work and stuff like that. Um, but then, luckily enough for me, but obviously not for, for uh, uh, I think it was Colsey at the time. Yeah, Dane Coles got injured. Mm. Um, had quite a uh, long-term injury, so they called me into the squad then and managed to get a few games um, Yeah, that season, 2008, which was, uh, yeah, quite cool. Yeah, that's probably a message for a lot of young people, eh? Hey? Just like hanging in there, because you're always an injury away or injury or two, um, a way to, to making a team and you know you get opportunities like like you here to, mm. to break that lines team um like what was it like bro your first time um kind of going into that changing room um in that first game day for the lions because back then while, while super rugby was still going like you still had the big bigger names still playing kind of npc and stuff what was that like bro your, your first kind of game day yeah, it was pretty cool, eh? Like, it was um, obviously, yeah, back then we had a really good team. The Lions team was pretty stacked. Mm. Um, so I remember, like, guys like John Schwalger and Nat Nazer were the props, and Floss was at lock with Thrushy, and yeah, Chris Marceau and Victor Vito, Thomas Waldron, all those sort of guys just in the forward yeah. pack alone. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then obviously Corey Jane, Tamari Allison, and all that in the back line. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty daunting, but um, thankfully, obviously, when you go through those um, sort of Wellington Age Grace team, you tend to know quite a lot of them anyway. Um, and obviously, knowing those Petoni boys as well, it sort of made things a lot easier. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was good, but it, yeah, it was obviously quite daunting as well because it's a yeah, whole other level up in terms of performance and things like that, and everything's on TV. So, you, uh, yeah, anything you do, it's sort of exposed. So, um, yeah. but apart from that, I, I just remember enjoyment and just loving it. Um, yeah. Just really cool experience. Are there any traditions, or do you get presented anything when when making your first cap or your debut? Yeah, so I don't know if anything's changed now, but back then you get presented your tie, um, so your Lions yeah. tie. So, um, so after the game, they um, usually get someone, one of the senior guys, to get up and say a bit of a speech. Um, I think for me, I can't actually recall who it was that got up and did a speech for me. Um, but yeah, it's normally got up and they present your tie and you said a bit of a speech um, and then they sort of made you just skull a can. Um, so it's just yeah. a single two can back then. So uh, that wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, they, they had that little tradition there. And then obviously, um, once you get a few more games, they have other things like uh, blazers and I think now they do caps. I think it is. Yeah. So. Mm. Um, you must have been disgusted that Toy wasn't a lime brown. Yeah, mate. Yeah, you have to make do with what you got to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, bro, a part of that campaign, um, you winning the Ranfurly Shield, uh, that's pretty good for the rugby CV. And how good was that that week? And was your celebration afterwards? Oh, mate, yeah, it was a pretty big celebration. So, yeah, that, that was a pretty surreal experience. Again, it was, um, yeah, luck was on my side. So, um, Colsey was actually due to come back um, from injury. So, I'd been playing, I think, the previous sort of six weeks. And then Colsey was due to come back that um, either that week of the Ranfurly Shield or the week before. We were playing Waikato a week before. So 
Um, we'll play one or two, and Jed Robinson was starting, and I was on the bench, and Jed actually broke a jaw or an ice hockey or something in that one yeah. or two game. Um, so that ruled him out, and then Colsey came back the following week. Um, and, I mean, fair to say, I, w- I would have got dropped if um, Colsey had come back and Jed was still available. So it just so happened that, you know, luck was on my side, and, um, yeah, managed to sort of sneak in there and get a, a spot on the bench for that week of the Ranfurly Shield. Uh, which is pretty cool. I mean, that whole week um, was a pretty big buzz. Obviously, we hadn't won it. Wellington hadn't won it for 26, 27 years or something like that. Um, and there's all these, obviously, histories. And I remember watching games from back in the day where, you know, Wellington's playing Canterbury and they're winning. And then I think it was Ben Blair scores in the corner and sort of denies them a chance of winning Ranfurly Shield and a few other close calls as well. So that whole week and the whole build-up and just all the, obviously, TV crews at the trainings and stuff like that was pretty cool. And... Travelling up to Auckland, um, and yeah, just the build-up and the whole game and the way it sort of turned out was pretty cool. Mum and Dad drove up. They were part of like a supporters crew that drove up and made a weekend of it. Um, and yes, just the way the game unfolded, with the final score was 27-0, I think it was. Um, thankfully, got on for, onto the field for the last 15 minutes, I think it was. Yes. And yeah, it was just a massive buzz. And I remember just after the game, just everyone was just so elated or jumping all over everyone. Um, I mean, I only played, like, to be honest, I, I only played the last 15 minutes and probably only got on the field because the game was in the bag, as it is. But I was just sort of, yeah, just raking it for all it was worth. I was just going around and grabbing the shield and <laughs> going into the crowd and things like that. And, you know, I only played a small part, but I was like, mate, if, you know, this might be my only chance of something significant, so I'm going to make the most of it. So, yeah, it was just cool. And I just remember after the game and the change of rooms and everyone's just, yeah, buzzing and then go back to the hotel and, um, I remember we went to the team room, had a few drinks and stuff like that. Um, and I was sitting next next to Nazar and a few drinks and he just hit me and just goes, mate, I've been trying to get this Ranfurly Shield for years and you come in and mm. one go and um, <laughs> you get to, get to win it and things like that. And then just, just things like the whole whole uh, weekend, like um, just going out to that town that night and everyone was a buzz. And then, yeah, just that next day, like Sunday, like we, I didn't really, sorry, I'm talking a bit here, but. Um, I didn't really sort of understand the, sort of how much I meant to the union, but um, mm. or to Wellington in general. But I went uh, obviously got on the got on the plane. We were all pretty dusty um, on that plane, and sort of come in. And sort of as we sort of landed, they had all the um, all the flight crew, and they had all these big hoses and given us like a guard of honour with all these hoses as the as the plane flew in. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Didn't think anything of it, and then got off the plane, and the whole airport was just absolutely packed. Um, and just remember walking through with the shield and the whole team walking through the crowd and it was just, yeah, either, everywhere around us was just absolutely packed with people. Um, so like that experience alone was cool and then our manager just goes, oh boys, um, go home, drop your bags off. This is like at 10 o'clock in the morning or something. Drop your bags off, then we'll meet back at base in an hour's time. And so we all done that and we met back at base and it was basically just, just <laughs> yeah, all go, all go again on the Sunday. Um, and the, Back then, do you remember that place, uh, Temperance? You used to be that, yeah. that three-level yeah, um, yeah, pub that they had. So that was, our major, Street, that was our major sponsor. Yeah, yeah, that was our major sponsor. So they go, oh, yeah, we'll go down to Temperance. And we went there, and it was just like free free bar the whole time. Um, just everything open. It was, it was pretty cool. And then things like even that whole week, um, yeah, like, like, again, I just never quite understood the whole importance of it, what it meant. But remember we had the parade. Um, I think it might have been the following Tuesday. Um, and they're like, oh, I prayed to me, and a few of the boys were sort of talking, saying, oh, it's going to be embarrassing, no one's going to turn up, because it was raining and a little bit cold, and 
sort of jumped on the floats and then just all of a sudden the whole street was just absolutely packed. <laughs> so just things like that. It was pretty cool just to see what it meant to meant to the province as well. Yeah, so, yeah awesome experience. That's mad because a lot of players will go through and like go all the way and not even have the chance to play around Philly Shield or even uh, win one. So that's mad, bro. Um, mm. Awesome. Uh, bro, did you play against the All Blacks for Wellington? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, 2013. That must have been pretty cool. I read that today. I was kind of doing my research on you and trying to find some uh, websites that you appeared on. There was a couple of dodgy ones, but one said that you played against All Blacks, <laughs> mate. Um, how uh, good was that? Yeah, yeah that, that was, again, a pretty cool experience. Um, so, again, thankfully, Colsey wasn't the All Blacks then, so he wasn't taking up a spot as a, yeah. as a hooker on the bench um, <laughs> on uh, for Wellington. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. So I'd just come back from Germany, um, sort of the tail end of the 2012 season. Um, and then 2013, I remember Chris Boyd and Richard Watt at the time. So I'd, uh, I'd dealt with Waddy quite a bit. He was my Wellington D coach. A um, mm. lot of respect for him and what he'd done and got him really well for him. And then Chris Boyd was a coach as well, another awesome, awesome coach as well. Um, they, I remember just at the start of the year, they sort of said, oh, you know, we're quite interested in you playing lines again. Um we're going to put you into the academy. Um, so a lot of the guys were training with the Wellington Academy that weren't academy but weren't super rugby. So a few of the extras were training pretty much every day of the week, every morning mm. sort of thing. So I put, got put into that and, um, yeah, done a bit of training and stuff like that. And, yeah, it just so happened that uh, Wellington were playing in that game of three halves against Canterbury and the All Blacks. Um, yeah. So you managed to do that. Yeah, hot wreck, awesome. Um, so, yeah, managed to make make that team, um, which was, again, a pretty cool experience. Uh, running on, the hot wreck was, you know, pretty buzzing. And the way they'd done it with all the stands and that around the field and the whole day itself was pretty cool. Um, just sort of sharing the field with all these, all these players as well. So, yeah, again, another, another occasion where I was pretty lucky and landed on my feet and managed to get another opportunity like that. Mate, you owe a lot to Dane Coles or what? Yeah, nah, it's pretty, he's good to me, old Colsey, so it's all good. Yeah. Um, Bro, Hawks Bay, uh, pretty good time up there? Yeah, yeah. So, yep, no, that's another cool experience. It's probably a bit different than the Lions experience. Um, Mm. Obviously, with Wellington being in where the Hurricanes are based, they have obviously quite the the nice facility up in Rugby League Park in Newtown there. All the gears and flash fields and changing rooms and stuff, whereas Hawks Bay, probably a bit more grassroots in terms of the fact that we used to use one of the, um, I think it was Napier Old Boys Maris, their club rooms as our sort of, as our base, um, our yeah. changing rooms and stuff like that. So we just had a whole bunch of couches thrown around this this hall that we got used as our changing rooms. And, um, you know, everything's pretty pretty small town mentality still um, mm. around there. Um, very supportive and parochial crowd um, that sort of got right in behind the team. But I loved it. Eh? I loved it for that sort of simplicity. Um, the players were really, really tight, and majority of the time everyone hung out together throughout the day and everything like that, um, so catch up for coffees or go for a swim in the bars, or go to the movies and stuff like that, so the team itself was, um, yeah, an awesome, awesome uh, team to be a part of, um, and also, you know, just the whole experience of playing up at Hawks Bay and, and experience a different sort of city um, was a pretty cool experience too. Mate, how good was your accommodation up there? Yeah, they looked after me. Um, I think it was more because, um, so myself and Luke Rooney, um, who used to play for New South Wales and Aussie, and um, and that used uh, so me and him sort of joined. They signed him up as well, and so we're a couple of out of towners, 
and they needed to find us accommodation. So I was actually, when I first moved up there, I was actually uh, living with uh, DK, so Dan Kirkpatrick, so staying at his mm. family home up there. So he, he put me up for a few weeks. Um, but then the manager at the time goes, oh, yeah, I've managed to get you and uh, Luca accommodation. We'll go check it out and see if you like it. We're like, oh, yes, sweet as. So went in there and they yeah, managed to get us this pretty nice apartment right over by, um, you know, obviously Harbour Views and um, mm. just down from the bars and pubs and stuff like that. So I know you've uh, you've seen it and experienced it and uh, got the most out of it too. But, yeah, no, pretty pretty lucky to have that. Um, them look after us quite well for that. Mate, me and Pumba could not believe it, eh, when we saw it for the first time. We ended up having a real good time up there, bro, so yeah, thanks for that. Um, bro, right, just to t- touch on your, your time in Germany, what was the footy like over there? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, depending on who you played, like, it was some of the teams you played against, you're racking up sort of 90, 100 points sort of against them, so those sort of games were pretty tough to play in, because you always like to have a bit more of a uh, competition, but there was about there was two other teams. So one one team in particular, uh, HRK, who are out of Heidelberg, they had quite a lot of um, sort of Kiwis and South Africans and Aussies and that that they sort of imported in. Um, so they were a really strong team and one of our main rivals. But then um, my second year, their second season there, the, another team called Fortsheim, who um, Jordan Gogo I think is at at the moment. So mm. they put a bit of money into their rugby program and got a whole bunch of Kiwis as well. Um, over there, so they come in. So out of those sort of those other two teams, it was sort of sort of between us who would win it. Um, so those games were really tough, really competitive, and um, HRK beat us the first year, but then we got one over them in the, in the European Cup and sort of things like that. So it was a bit to and fro. Um, so those games were good, but then the rest of it was pretty, yeah, pretty easy sort of rugby to play in. To be fair, yeah. And uh, do you kind of take that opportunity to head over to the UK as well, or? Were you just based in Germany the whole time? Yeah, no, no. I went over to the UK. So at that time, so I just finished my... So how it sort of come about is, yeah, Hawke's Bay. Just finished Hawke's Bay. Hawke's Bay were quite keen to get me up there for another year. Um, but then I had a mate that went over um, went over there from Hawke's Bay. So he's playing prop just in the off-season and they needed a hooker so, uh, for the second half of the season. So um, he put their coach on to me and he got in touch and I sort of said, oh, yeah, I'd think about it. Um, had to get it cleared by Hawks Bay and all that. But then, um, yeah, during that time, um, obviously, yeah, Stace fell pregnant <laughs> during that time. And <laughs> being, from the, being from the UK, um, <clears throat> she decided that she wanted to go back, back to England to um, have babies. So um, it sort of worked out well. So I managed to sort of sign on that contract to Germany because at least that meant that I was got over there uh, cheaply enough and um, I was close enough to be able to go visit and, uh, make it for the birth as well. So yeah, she went over there. I went. I was in Germany for a bit, um, and then when Keone was born, uh, managed to get the flight over just in time because um, he was two weeks early, and I was still in Germany. So I uh, managed to managed to make it there in, uh, just in time, like really in time. I had to go get rushed to the airport to catch the flight, and uh, thankfully held on long enough to to make it for the birth. Um, and then so she sort of stayed there with Keone for a bit, and then they eventually moved over to Germany as well. Um, to be with me, so um, so for that reason alone, was pretty cool to be able to go to England and mm. then travel around a bit as well and see a bit of the world. Do you bump into any villages in your time overseas? Oh, are you talking about that specific time or just any time I've been over? Just any time you've been times, over. But yeah, so I, I've seen you talk to Bernie last week, so I ran into him um, when he was playing over there last year, yeah, April last year. 
Um, so that was cool. I actually, so a couple of Stacey's family um, played for a club called Click Eaton. And I think um, that the game I went to watch was to see who got promoted into their league. Mm. And so I, um, they, a couple of the cousins sort of said, oh, do you want to come and watch? And it just so happened to be Bernie's team. So that was pretty cool to go and see him and catch up with him afterwards, um, which is cool. Uh, Ethan Wilson uh, played for us a couple of years ago. Um, yep. Again, worked out that Stace's brother was coaching the team that was in his league. And um, when I was over there, they played against Ethan's team. So I managed to go out there and, and visit him. Um, and they, yeah, Ethan's team won, got up for the win. So that was good. Um, yeah, who else? Villages, villages. Yeah, nah, that's probably about it, I think. Obviously, my brother um, caught off him when he was over there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I'm thinking of right now. Mean. Um, bro, on return, uh, back to Patoni, you become a, a stalwart of Patoni in that Prem side. Uh, your service has been amazing through the years and uh, finally get to crack that uh, 200 mark a couple of years back, mm-hmm. is it now? Is it a couple? Of, uh, uh, 2000, yeah, 2018. Bro, that's crazy. It didn't even seem that long ago. Um, bro, 200 games, that's pretty special. Yeah, no, that's cool. It's, um, it wasn't really ever a goal of mine. Um, I know sort of people harped on about, oh, you know, you're just coming back to get your 200 games and that, but it honestly wasn't a, a major um, a goal for mine. But um, in saying that, like um, once I did um, reach the goal, it was pretty pretty proud moment to be fair um i was pretty stoked that i managed to to do it because it was pretty touch and go there um obviously had quite a bad injury during that year so it looked like i probably wouldn't have got my um 200 gains but thankfully um yeah managed to get the foot right and goldie gave me an opportunity to get my uh 200 gains and then sort of finish off that tally into the season there so yeah no it was awesome it's cool and it's sort of cool to look back on sort of where i started and um, rugby journey and stuff like that and then do it for that and um, also cool for the fact that um, obviously my parents and my sister were quite proud mm-hmm. my whole family were quite proud and being able to do it with um, my two kids here as well to be able to witness it as well and hopefully that's something they can remember as dad uh, hobbling out onto the field to get his 200 games and um, it was pretty special actually afterwards getting to see you share a, a, a couple of long necks uh, with Tank uh, Bushy and Cam uh, your fellow 200 crew. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, pretty pretty tight crew, that, actually, to be fair. And especially, um, you know, those bunch of boys that have played a lot of rugby with, um, and someone like Tank, who's, um, you know, managed to have a few cuddles in the scrum and scrum before. So, picked down a couple, couple of scrums with him and Bush. So, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's a cool cool thing that we've sort of done with each, each of our 200 games is sort of make sure that we, yeah, acknowledge that and give some of these former players that have sort of been part of that journey as well to be able to come in and share that moment with me was, uh, yeah, really special. Quick question off the cuff, bro. Um, with today's kind of footy and today's kind of player, do you think anyone will reach 200 again? Ooh, yeah. Interesting one. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I know Mutz is pretty close. I think he's on... Oh, not close, sorry. He's close to 150 and... Um, yeah, you never know because when I sort of got to the 150 mark and someone goes to me, oh, Mo's a push on for 200, I was like, shit, no way. There's no way. Mm-hmm. I've got another sort of three, four seasons in me. Um, but then it sort of ticks up quite quickly once you get past those sort of marks and all yeah. of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I'm actually only a few games away. So, um, you know, someone like Mutz, Mike, um, but it's probably someone more like a, a bit of a journeyman, or not a journeyman, but someone that's more of a club man that's puts in years and years of um, sort of effort. So, 
I mean, I'd love to see someone like a Gooch, um, who's just an awesome club man, sort of achieves those mm-hmm. marks. He's obviously close to his 100 games at the moment, which is going to be a pretty awesome milestone to see that happen as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think it will happen. Um, who's going to be next? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I can't wait to see Gooch get his uh, handy. Him and Khan, I think, are pretty close. Um, mm. it depends yeah, Khan, on what Khan be special as well. Like, yeah, it's a lot of time for Khan as well. Like, oh, he's obviously been... Started off as a ball boy for our team, what the teams that have been playing in, which sort of goes mm. to show how old I feel. Um, but seeing someone like Khan um, be a ball boy when uh, his dad was a coach and then coming in to play Premier Rugby and being able to play with him uh, was pretty good. I know he gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes, but um, no, he's a good kid. A lot of time for yeah. Khan. And I, I guess it depends what Mutz does from here on like his professional playing on if he wants to go for that 200 or not. Mm. Um, yeah. But bro, uh, you continue to be involved uh, through being a resource coach, or basically just a normal coach. Um, coach your son's team still, always helping out at the clubs, at the club, bro. Just whatever it is, staying staying involved and in, in things is pretty important to you in, in the club. Yeah, it is. It's as I said before. It's sort of rugby's given me a lot, and the club in particular has given me a lot um, over the years. So at least I can do is sort of give back as best I can. Um, it's definitely not to some of the levels that others have given back, but um, when you see guys like um, on the rare occasion, I used to go down to the gym before work on the um, the club gym before work on the on the morning. Um, you see someone like a Selwyn who's in there emptying bins at like mm. seven seven o'clock in the morning and tidying out and doing little bits of work, volunteering around the place um, and the things like the Sionis do and around the club as well. And obviously the old man yourself, Hack, is um, yeah, multitude any guys like that. Um, you know, you'd sort of think, you know, it's the least I can do is sort of chip in here and there with a bit of coaching or um, turning up to a working day and stuff like that. Because um, it's obviously a lot of gratitude that you've got to give back to the club because the club gives you a lot in return. Yeah. yeah and speaking of those people, we'll touch on it soon. Uh, got a quick preview looking into Saddle Chat coming up uh, this Saturday. Um, yeah. But bro, looking back, uh, you must be pretty happy, happy generally on your footy career. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's um, yeah, pretty proud moments um to be part of some pretty big occasions, um like I've mentioned already, and then um even just being in and around the club and just look back on pretty fond memories of um even nights out or or even things that back then seemed quite bad, but now you can sort of laugh about as well. Um, but yeah, just everything I've sort of uh, yeah had, um yeah, very happy. I uh, people say you wouldn't change anything for the world, but I probably would change a few things, but won't go into that, but it will, um, is, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with what, what I've been able to achieve. Nice, bro. Um, we'll finish off on a, on a couple of questions from uh, followers and things, bro. Um, Harmy messaged in and asked, who's, who's the toughest hooker that you've played against? And then I just threw in uh, all front row. Yeah, so hooker, hey, we mentioned in the saddle, saddle chat the other week, but um, Joe Duffy from up heart. Um, Pretty tough hooker, um, probably the best scrummaging hooker I've come up against. Uh, yeah. Just a tough, strong little nugget, um, physical, but then obviously a uh, great guy off the field as well. And someone I actually come through the grade, so he was under 19 hooker and Colts hooker when I was at Wellington. So he was one of my battles going up. Um, and Jed Robinson was the other one, and obviously Colsey as well, had a few games against him. Uh, front row in general, um, again, probably that um, upper hut, um, I think it was 04. Yeah, it was 
0405, I think, and Uphart had a really, really good team. Um, yeah. And their front row of uh, Tui Hunt, Joe Duffy, and Justin Var. Um, yeah, that was pretty, pretty tough front row. And then nowadays, when you get guys like Danell and Fetu Henry from Warriors as well, uh, that, yeah. that front row, and then Wainui as well, like JV. Um, I think the Harden Cup game, JV, Henry Smith, and would have been Dion Lealofi or someone like that. Um, that was a pretty tough front row too. Henry Smith, sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> uh, lost, lost, lost In, my track. Inside there. joke. Yeah. Inside joke. <laughs> um, what's a professional highlight from your professional footy days? Uh, yeah, it'd have to be the Renfield Shield. Um, yep. that, yeah, easy one. Nice. Uh, what was your favourite cheat meal when you were, you were an athlete? <laughs> Don't know if you could even call me an athlete. Uh, cheat, cheat meal, cheat meal. Jeez, I'm a big fan of just a steak and cheese pie. Uh, my uh, kryptonite pastries, eh? Pastries, my kryptonite at yeah. the moment. I uh, probably need to lay off them now at the moment because I'm not playing as much rugby or any rugby, <laughs> so hey, straight to the hips. Yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to um, daily bread opening down the road there. Come on, guys, yeah. really need a feed from there. Uh, were you a pre a pre-game music guy? No, nah, not really. To be fair, um, I used to like sort of going around and talking to people more. So. Um, sort of shutting myself off of music wasn't really my my deal. I used to chuck on the headphones sort of on the way to a game and mm. things like that. Because back in the day, I didn't have a car when I was a poor student and used to live in the city for quite all those early years. So I used to catch a train sometimes into into games. So I used to have the sort of music on on the train as I was coming in or things yeah. like that. But yeah, apart from that, nah, not really. Uh, funniest guy you've played with? There'd be a few, wouldn't there? Funniest? Yeah. Yeah. Hack's probably asking for a mention here, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll stay away from him. Uh, funniest guy. Oh, there's been a lot. Uh, fuck my suitor. Yeah, um, he's always been a bit of a laugh. Uh, my good mate, Galal, who's uh, coming on tonight. Um, he's always been, yeah, he's someone that obviously really close to and I've, um, yeah, it's been a, spending many uh, a night with as well. Um, so he'll be up there as well. But yeah, I'll probably say out of anyone, probably Moy. Nice. Um, is it true that Joey only got his opportunity because you went overseas or started playing professional? <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing Joey didn't send that in. Um, no, nah, with, with Joey, he's yeah, he's sort of tore away. He used to be someone that actually, he used to actually help me get to games. So he used to live in the city as well. So he used to be my ride yeah. for quite a lot of those years. So I actually owe, owe him a lot for uh, sort of achieving those 200 games. But, yeah, he, he, he got definitely got more opportunities when I was either injured or away. Um, I know when I went over to Germany, he he um, obviously had that chance of me sitting on the bench for a while and thought he might get a bit of a shot um, there, but they ended up bringing in or a couple of other hookers actually joined the cup from there, so he sort of had to sit back and, and wait his time. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a tough, but someone like Joey, who's obviously an awesome club man, who's sort of just tore away. Um, and someone like him getting his blazer was uh, actually yeah, quite a lot of pride and seeing him get his mm. blazer as well. Yeah, no, he's good value, Joey. Um, Barry, what's your, your take on the state of the club at the moment? Pretty healthy, you reckon? Yeah, it's awesome. It's um, Yeah, it's really good, and I, I know a lot of other people uh, listening to Iz uh, the other day as well, commenting, um, agree off everything that they've said. It's just a uh, really good vibe, the coaching at the moment. Um 
is pretty top-notch. I mean, uh, Yappa creates a pretty good rugby environment for the team and having Ryan and yourself and Powell and um, Choppy and Johnny and all the, all the coaches um, being involved have um, set up a really good vibe amongst the club and around preseason and stuff like that with Todema as well. Mm. Um, so I think that's good. Um, the main thing about that is then off the field, things seem to be going really well as well. So the work that yourself and Hack are doing with the social media stuff, um, uh, the things with, you know, just that the management committee are being involved in and putting in place. Uh, Jonesy as well with the RDO work that he does. Um, I think, yeah, it's a really good buzz and just turning up to preseason and seeing all the numbers that we got, especially in the Colts group, um, all those numbers of quality players as well um, has been pretty awesome to see. So a uh, bit of a bit of a bummer that obviously with coronavirus coming in and not being able to start the season because was pretty excited to see how all the teams went across the club, especially like Ponies as well. Uh, a few mm. new players there. Um, Brotherhood, we're even looking at uh, being quite strong in Prem Reserve. So hopefully we can get back on that field and sort of uh, all that hard work that the, the players have put in and coaches have put in have, uh, can sort of be put on display. And a quick, quick shout out to all our volunteers around the club, kind of putting in the money yeah. and stuff and doing all the background work that nobody sees. Shout out to the Daily, Daily Planet guys as well. Um, bro, just touch on, on your... Yeah, Daily, Daily Planet and Daily Bread. I can start with a sponsor. Sponsor this, Daily Bread, come, come through. Um, but I just wanted to touch on the family and, and your parents, bro, being a big big part of your upbringing and uh, being really supportive through your career and stuff. It must be nice to have that level of support. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, Dad's obviously um, really ingrained into the rugby club at the moment and and what he's doing. So, um, yeah, this, this support has been, yeah, great. I mean, all weathers, uh, they've been out watching on the sidelines and things like that. Um, obviously, Stace has been pretty supportive and sort of pursuing what I've been doing in terms of my playing and now my coaching as well. Um, mm. It's a lot of time away from home um, as well. So having her there supporting that uh, makes things a lot easier. Um, with the kids as well, you know, sometimes they have a bit of a, uh, moan that you know they don't want dad going to rugby trainings or being out on nights and stuff like that which you know you do get a bit feel get a bit guilty about but they sort of understand what's happening and they love it getting out to the rugby club as well and trying to get them involved um, which is great and then yeah mum and dad obviously um, being there giving me those opportunities as well to be able to move down here and supporting us uh, yeah mum and dad when they used to live in Wanganui um, they used to never miss a game they'll drive down every sort of weekend and things like that. And Dad, I think, even joined the committee or club as club captain or something like that when he was still commuting from Wanganui as well. So, sort of that commitment that they've shown is, yeah, I mean, you can't can't fault it, really. Yeah. Shout out to all the families and, and partners out there that kind of let the boys and, and girls do what they need to do Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays and sometimes even all week depending on how deep uh, in the club you are. Um, last couple of questions bro, I know we're approaching the uh, the hour mark, so welcome to the long long pod huge um, Bro, Saddle Chat, been pretty fun so far and what can we expect this, uh, this Saturday for Saddle Chat 3? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's a great concept that um, I think you come up with, um, just to talk about a few things going on around uh, rugby circles around sort of Wellington and further abroad and then the club as well. So, um, yeah, it's great to sort of get different perspectives on um, what our thoughts are as well um, and sort of throwing a few names, getting a few names out there as well and picking some teams and having a bit of fun with it. So it's been great. Um, this week, uh, this Saturday, we'll, yeah, look at discussing um, sort of superstitions that either the 
uh, panelists or others they've seen have had any sort of weird sort of strange sort of superstitions um, we're going to sort of revisit briefly the uh, teams that we picked um, pretty hard picking those um, top 15s because you're always going to miss out someone and it's sort of ever since we've done them I've sort of gone away and gone oh sh shit I should have mentioned <laughs> such such and such though at this at least this time we can sort of revisit some of those and mention a few people that we might have missed off that feel mm. bad um, and then we're going to um, yes, obviously something that I really um, respect and appreciate is all the volunteers that go on in the clubs, um, do it for the love of it, don't get paid to do it, um, and, and stuff like that. So a bit of uh, who would we would invite to dinner. Um, and then um, while we sort of select all the teams and it's based on, um, you know, performances and stuff like that, I sort of want to pick a 15 of just uh, club men or women. Um, that have sort of put the years into the into the saddle, either by playing and always being um, available to fill in a spot, or just things like um, sort of going extra yards off the field and whenever the call is made for working bees and things like that, they've always stepped up to the mark. So, yeah, want to sort of delve into that of just good club men. All women. So that, that's uh, that's uh, that's what's uh, coming uh, the Saturday. Um, Going to be good. Coming up with some uh, good club people, club characters that that would. Join the uh, 15. Uh, last question for you, Huge, is um, advice for up-and-comers or just young people in general around rugby or coming into rugby or coming into club rugby especially, um, maybe setting the stage or setting the scene for, for these guys coming through. What do you reckon? Yeah, I listened to um, Ellie's interview yesterday and she, um, I think she uh, yeah, sort of talked about it quite well in terms of just have fun. Um, especially in club rugby, like a lot of people do it for the sort of camaraderie and being a part of a club and sort of belonging. Um, so if you sort of take that fun element away from it, there's no real point in doing it. So mm. trying to hold on to that fun as long as possible. So from junior grades right up is enjoying what you're doing, make the most of those opportunities and, and being fun. Um, in terms of coming into club rugby, yeah, just, just get involved um, where you can. Really, it's been really great seeing some of these uh, young kids that have sort of joined uh, first year out of school who have just sort of jumped in and been involved and um, even just nights out Tony me and stuff like that. It's It's been great to see. So don't be shy. Um, get involved. Get amongst everyone. Um, yeah, get to know the history and, yeah, have fun end of the day because um, that's what we all do it for. Nice, bro. Uh, well, that's us, Huge. We, we better get back to doing our nine-to-five jobs before we get in trouble with our bosses, yeah, mate. mate. <laughs> yeah, do a, bit of, uh, do a bit of extras. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but thanks, thanks for coming on, bro. I know it's something that you don't really like or like to talk, talking about your accolades and achievements and things like that, bro, but really appreciate it. thought you'd be a good chat, bro, and you were, man. You come through with the goods. Uh, can't wait to catch up. Hopefully in a couple of, or what, a week's time when we go to level two and uh, get, to have a, get to have a beer together with some people instead of Zoom. But, um, yeah, thanks heaps for coming on, brother. I really appreciate it. No, no, and cheers to you guys for uh, running this all. And just to all the um, any club members that might be out there uh, watching or listening, um, yeah, obviously tough times, but we are getting on top of it. So um, persevere. Uh, things will come right. And as Fridgey said, hopefully uh, once this is all over, we can meet up at the club and have a, have a few fizzies uh, to celebrate as well. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening in. And cheers to you, Fridgey. Nice, brother. For anyone that's joined in later, we'll save this video for the next 24 hours. It'll be up on Insta. Otherwise, it'll be up later on Spotify. Uh, thanks to Hayden at all. But yeah, cheers guys. Have a good day. Cheers, Edge. All right, cheers, mate. Catch you later.